Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. Well, good morning, Real Life Church. Thank you so much for being with us this morning. Whether you're here in person or online, we just invite you to stand to your feet while we worship this morning.
as we sing this next song together,
you're good. We lean in today knowing that it is you above all else, God, no matter what it is that we're going through today, no circumstance, no pain, no depression, no heartache. Nothing is impossible for you, God, because as we go through it all, you're there with us in the midst, in the fire, in the pain. God, you above it all are with us, and we lift you up. There's a grace when the heart is under fire. Another way when the walls are closing in. And when I look at the space between where I used to be in this reckoning, I know I will never be alone. There was another in the fire standing next to me. There was another in the waters holding back the seas. And should I ever need reminded of how I've been set free, there is a cross that bears the burden where another died for me. There is another in the
that's happening around the world or even just here at home, can I just encourage you, you are never alone. You have a God in heaven that knows everything you're walking through. You have a God in heaven that loves you and he knows where your story's going. He knows how your story's gonna end and he's walking with you. Do you believe that this morning, Real Life Church? Can we give it up big for him? We're never alone. It feels that way sometimes, but I promise you, he loves you. And he's got you here today on purpose and for a purpose. He's reaching out to you. Will you just let him come in this morning? Man, it is an honor to worship with you today. It is so good to see everybody. Can I just welcome you to Real Life Church? If you're here in the building, and especially if you are online, I'm gonna shout you out for a second. This is Real Life Church Online. I'm gonna wave at them, and they're watching live here this morning, or maybe they're interacting with us later in the week through the podcast app of their choice or YouTube. And everyone in the room, I'm just gonna ask, can we make Real Life Church Online feel welcome this morning? Let them know we love them, we care about them, and they're a huge part of what we do. It's an honor to worship with you. Now let me shout you out a little bit, everybody here in the room today. It is an honor to see your face, to sing with you this morning, and just to interact with you in the hub before and after the gathering. We are so glad you're here. Can I just encourage you to find someone around you and smile, wave, fist bump, handshake. There's a laundry list of things you can do, but whatever you want to do, make someone feel welcome before you sit down. Will you do that? Greet someone. Greet someone. Don't be bashful. I love it. I love it. You can find your seat whenever you're done green. I love this slide that's behind me right now. It says, we believe your story has significance. It, it's not an accident 
that you're here with us this morning. I don't know what season you're in right now. I don't know how you're walking through your week this week. It could be a high note. It could be something something low, and it might have been a struggle to be here. But like I said, God has you here for reason today. I just want to encourage you as we continue our morning just to lean in. Just to lean in, open up your ears, and open up your heart today. And, and I know God's going to do something awesome in this place. If you're brand new with us today, welcome to Real Life Church. I hope you felt welcome when you came in the door. I hope you've met some people already this morning, and I hope you really just connected with God through our worship set. If you're online right now, can I invite you to click the link that you're seeing right now? If you're listening to this later in the week or you're here in the room, can I just invite you to go ahead and get your phone out right now and text RLNEW to 97000 if you've never done that before. When you do that, we just get to know you a little bit. We uh, get, get you connected to someone on our connection team, our follow-up crew that just loves people and loves connecting people to, to everything going on at Real Life Church. So I promise that when I say connecting, that's completely digitally. We're not that church that shows up on your doorstep unannounced, so you don't have to worry about that. But we wanna get to know you. We wanna answer those questions that you might have about Real Life Church. And we wanna see, can we be praying for you and your family this week? So if you've never connected with us before, we'd love for you to do that. Another way you can connect with us if you're in the room is by stopping by our new here booth. If you've never done that before, this may not even be your first Sunday and you just haven't had a chance to stop by yet. Can I encourage you to stop by our new here booth? We do have a small gift for you as our way of saying thanks for being here. But again, we just wanna, just wanna get to know you a little bit better and see how can we help you out here at Real Life Church. So a little bit more about us here at Real Life Church. We're a church on a mission, and that mission is far beyond what we do on a Sunday morning. It's really what we do when we leave these doors, and that mission is to see people far from God discover their real life and purpose in Jesus. And so I bet if we all really thought about it here for a few seconds, we could we could see pictures in our head of people that could be coworkers, could be family, could be neighbors. It could just be, you know, childhood friends, whatever it is, we have people in our lives that are close to us, but they might be far from God or, you know what, maybe they're not even far from God. Maybe they're looking for a church home to just get plugged in and get connected at. And that's what that mission is. We have a heart for people. And, and not only that, but just helping people find their purpose in Jesus. And so if somebody came in your head, can I just encourage you a way you could be on mission with us right now in this second? Say a quick prayer for that person. Just lift up those people in your life that need Jesus, that need a church home. And that's a quick way you could do that. The second thing you could do maybe a little bit later is invite. Invite someone and just help them find that purpose. And, and maybe a third way, maybe I'm talking to you directly. You've been hanging out with us a while and, and, and maybe you haven't, maybe you haven't connected to a life group yet. Maybe you've been thinking about serving on the dream team, but you're not sure how or, or you're not sure if this is the season. I'm just going to encourage you again, pray about that. You're going to hear some practical steps on both of those fronts that you can do before our gathering is over. But before that, just pray and see what God has for you in this season. Well, guys, I'm excited as we continue this awesome series called Not Easily Broken. And we have been challenged these last couple weeks, and, and it's just going to even get, dive even deeper 
get more challenged this morning as we really dive into relationships. And I know when I say that, I know there's somebody listening that's like, oh great, this has nothing to do with me, I'm single. I'm not in a relationship. And that's where I say that's where you're wrong. Because what you do right now in this season of being single, the foundations you can lay right now are just gonna set you up for success in whatever future relationship that God has for you. So single, married, newly married, oldly married, you've been at it for a while, God has got something for you today. And I just wanna encourage you to really be leaning in and open up the Version app, follow along in the notes, because Sean's got a great word from the word for us today. Let's make him feel welcome as he comes up to challenge us. Pastor Sean Petrie, come on, be nice to me, Sean. I love you, Drew, come on. Man, I'm glad you guys are in the house. You guys feel the spirit of God move yet? I'm telling you, there's something on the fire in this last set there, man. I'm, God just moving everywhere, but man, I'm glad you guys are in the house and I'm really excited for this message series. And um, it's all about really building a foundation for a future relationships and if you've been married, uh, to, to really strengthen your marriage. And so I wanna see who's in the audience today, just get a little survey going, need some help, participation is very welcome. If you're married in the house, put your hand high in the air. Where's my married folks? Come on. <laughs> There's actually cheers. That's, that's awesome. You're <laughs> like, I'm married, yeah, you know. <laughs> All right, next group. If you're single and ready to mingle, come on, put your hands up. Single, ready to mingle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're being shy of the whole mingle thing. What's he mean by that, you know? Huh. Huh. Yeah, like Mr. Wright, Mrs. Wright came in. You know? Nope, nope. Very few. Okay, the options are limited here at Real Life. All right. Single and happy. Uh-huh. Nobody else? Okay, I'm going to show you somebody. Yeah, I see one back there. Oh, man. Well, I want to show you somebody who's single and ready to mingle right now and put this on the screen. Check this out. Here it is right there. Yeah. Ladies, God calls you to pursue this right here. If you don't know, this is Logan Hardy. This is Barry and Christie's uh, oldest son. Logan, why don't you stand up? I saw you over here. Come on. There he is. Hold on. Stay standing. Ladies, come on. Check this out. What is there not to like about this guy right here? Now, here's the best part about this picture. Do you notice this coming? You did. You saw it. Okay. So he made this picture like a few weeks ago or something. You came up with this. Okay. And he said to my wife, Diane, who runs the creative team, he said, hey, have I been on the team long enough I can like sneak a picture up on stage like while he's preaching? And he was thinking of this picture. So we worked in. I wrote this message for you, Logan. Come on. Hey, give it for Logan one more time. Come on. Single rate of mingle. Options are limited, you have to go to other other gathering and check it out, okay? Um, but if it works out and you meet somebody today, because Logan's ready to settle down, you know, I mean, he's, he's ready for a family and, you know, get it together like that. So if you end up, uh, if you, your firstborn son, it works out, my name is Sean Hardy, okay? Come on, you know, he's like, ain't happening. I was disappointed in the picture, though, that should have been a bobcat, not a case. I'm not sure what was going on there, right? His whole family, the concrete world, bobcats, but anyway. Um, I hope you guys came ready to fight for your marriage today. Hope you guys came ready to do something big for God and to see what God's going to do through your marriage. Uh, it's so easy to get kind of relationally slacked, you know, and just kind of go through the motions. And, uh, you know, the last thing you want is to have what the normal world has, and that's broken, right? I mean, it's so easy. Relationships can fall apart and uh, go sideways. And uh, broken means fighting about money. Uh, broken means uh, little communication, a little bit of lies. Sometimes it gets bigger, and there's separate worlds, separate rooms, and comes crashing down. Uh, to be real with you, normal means pornography, uh, no one means addicted. Uh, no one means limited intimacy, or at least the intimacy God has for you. And so today we're going to dive into this idea of what it is to stand against the things of the devil, uh, what it is to fight against the strategy that has 
that the devil has against you. And uh, so we're going to call this uh, message uh, Kicking the Devil's Butt. Come on, somebody, right? <laughs> devil kicking. And so there's so much that goes into this. There's, there's so many strategies the devil has for us to don't think about. And so I want to warn you, though, this message is going to be easy to be like, oh, yeah, man, just a reminder to fight. You're going to leave here today. You're going you're gonna to be ready to fight. I'm just going to tell you that. You're going to leave like, yes. But it's going to be so easy to talk yourself out of. It really is, because the steps are simple, but it's like you've been fighting so long. So I want to give you some encouragement today to fight the fight that God has for you in your relationships. And the, it's a powerful passage found in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11. It says this. It says, put on all of God's armor. Now, I love this. Uh, he didn't suggest, like, hey, just put on one piece of it, you know, just get the little piece here in the shoulder or whatever. No, he said put everything on because it's about to get real. He says, put on all of God's armor so you may be able to help me out. What's it say? Able to what? And stand firm. I want you to put everything on that God has for you to defend yourself because you may stand firm against all strategies of the devil. How many of you guys know the devil doesn't have just one strategy against your marriage? How many of you know the devil's working all sorts of strategies against your marriage? The devil's looking for a crack in your armor. He's looking for some way to exploit a weakness and to find where you're vulnerable. I mean, think about this the father of lies. And this is Satan who fell from heaven. I mean, the, the prince of darkness and all the demons of hell are strategizing. They're watching your relationship. They're watching you for a place that's you're vulnerable, a place where you can seek, kill, and destroy the things that matter to you and that matter to God. This is the enemy. This is a real war that we're facing. He says this in verse 12. He says, for we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. We're not fighting against what you can see. You're not fighting against your spouse. Amen. Come on. Uh, Satan likes to turn us against each other and fight each other, but the reality is God wants us to be back-to-back and fighting all things, the devil, and fighting for the ground, for the kingdom. But the reality is that we don't fight each other, right? I can't tell you, you're not fighting your ex. Come on, somebody. Oh, that's kind of fun sometimes, right? Um, You're definitely not fighting your mother-in-law, amen? It's easy to get in those fights, right? Um, But the reality is we're fighting something different. It says we're fighting against evil rulers, authorities, unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world. There's something more than meets the eye. Matter of fact, there's an enemy that wants to distract you. He wants to pull you away from the things of God. He'll do everything he can to do that. And so if you find yourself in a season where your relationship is sideways, uh, maybe you find a season where you're just like, man, I just kind of fell out of love. Uh, you kind of have a season where you're fighting and it's not making sense and finances are sideways and you're just wondering, should I even continue to do this thing? Can I encourage you that you're not fighting your spouse? That your enemy doesn't sleep in the same bed as you? That their enemy isn't somebody you look face to face. There's something way more going on than meets the eye. And today, we have to reveal what Satan's strategies really are. It's not your spouse you're fighting. It's the, sp- the, the forces of darkness and the power of darkness. And so I want you to imagine this. Imagine you get a notification on your phone from your nest or ring or whatever you got that there's a thief in your neighborhood. Uh, he is looking into your house to break in. He is, he is stalking your family. He is watching your routines when your spouse leaves. He's watching the kids in the yard. This person broke out of prison. This person's a murderer. And he wants to come into your home, your castle, to steal, kill, and destroy. What would you do? Come on, somebody, right? I mean, you'd be ridiculously prepared, right? Security systems, lights, horns. Uh, you're going to train your dog to attack and kill, amen? Um, you can have all sorts of things planned out. You'll tell your neighbors what's going on. You'll tell your family what's going on. Here's the reality. I don't know what your theology of weapons is. Uh, it's going to be one of the four S's most likely. This is Cass County. I see some shirts up here. That I see some shirts. If you know Dan, 
We're not going to bring you on stage for that shirt. But, <laughs> but I'm saying by, by four S's of theology of weapons right here. It's something that's going to shoot. Come on, somebody. Uh, stab. Something that's going to swing. Or something that's going to shock. Okay, it's going to bring it down a notch, right? It's one of those four things, if not all of those four things, depending on who you are, is going to be in your plan. You're going to be ready for this attack that's going to happen on your house. And this is what it says, spiritually speaking, in 1 Peter verse five or chapter 5, verse 8. It says, stay alert. It says, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. Why? Because he prowls around. He is lurching. He is waiting to stalk, prepare. He is prepared to come after you, to ambush you like a roaring lion, looking for someone, or should we say some marriage, to devour. So there's one thing about Satan that we know for sure. He does not announce when he's going to attack, does he? (laughs) Three o'clock this afternoon, Satan's coming after attack, right? Uh, He uses all these methods and these things. He's camouflaged. You can't see him, but he uses methods that are a little more subtle. And so we're going to talk about two of those methods that I think really apply to our marriages and relationship. And it's, it's distractions and seductions. And so I'll walk through what distractions are. And if, you know, you think about Adam and Eve, they can be distracted by an apple. Come on, somebody. Just the pride of eating an apple by a serpent. If, if King Solomon, who had 999 distractions, if you don't know, he had 700 wives and 300 concubines, and he had 999 distractions from the things that God had. He's supposed to be the one. This is the wisest man in history that has 999 distractions. Isn't that crazy to think? He had all the wisdom of God on him, literally, and he's distracted by this. And to think that we are above that, it's so easy to get distracted. Or Judas, who's distracted by just a little bit of money. If they can be distracted, we can be distracted, amen? We're not that special. We're not made of steel. There's no superhero costume below here. And the reality is it's so easy to be distracted by things of Satan. There's a powerful verse I want to share with you. It's the Old Testament, found in kind of the most random place uh, possible, in the Song of Solomon, uh, Song of Psalms. Um, and this is a book written from King uh, Solomon to his beloved. He's pursuing It's a book of romance. And uh, he says all sorts of romantic stuff. He, he's like, your hair is like a flock of goats. It's so beautiful right? Your neck is like the Tower of David. Oh, man, yeah, it's strong neck, right? Dying your legs are like nine-foot poles. That's what he's, it's, yeah, oh, man, it's getting R-rated up in here, right? You know? Your breath is like apricots. Mmm, yeah. Your teeth are like uh, flocks of sheep, baby. Ooh. I mean, this, he's, just, he's just bringing it, you know? I mean, it's this song. And then all of a sudden, the, the tone changes, and he gets all serious, and he says this in Song of Songs, chapter 2, verse 14. Verse 15, correct me. He says this, catch for us what? What's he say? Catch for us foxes. You know, I always called Diane my spiritual fox. Come on, somebody. And so I read this verse, like, catch foxes. Like, yeah, this is preaching now, right? Uh, but it's not talking about that. He's uh, actually talking about catching the things that are stopping you from falling uh, God in your marriage, catching these distractions. These foxes are actually destroying things. He's actually saying catch little foxes. He says little foxes that ruin the vineyards and are vineyards that are in bloom. These foxes would come in at night. I don't know if you know anything about foxes. You guys ever been on fox hunting? Everybody try to hunt a fox? All right. So growing up, I had, my parents lived in Warnsburg when I was real little, and uh, we had all the chickens, and uh, they were being eaten by these foxes. And so, of course, we do what every uh, full-blood American does. We put the last one in a cage and sit out there and go on the roof with a shotgun. Come on, somebody, right? And so I'm up there. I'm probably like four years old. I'm going to send my dad. We wait. Every weekend, we waiting for this fox. We go, I send my dad every weekend. We go down there all the time, waiting for fox. But one time, I go down there, and guess what's in the fridge? Pull the freezer. There he is. 
There's the fox. Come on, somebody. Got the fox's tail and the leg. You know, cut this thing up. This is what men do. Come on, somebody, right? And these foxes would come in at night and they attack. It's the same thing in this. They're coming in and eating all these blossoms or eating all the, the harvest. It wouldn't hit the ground and destroying things. But nobody pays attention to foxes. You don't see foxes very often, do you? I mean, you don't. They're coming at night. They're nocturnal. But that's the reality of all these distractions that Satan is using in your relationships, and especially in your marriage. He'll distract you with all sorts of stuff. Comparison. Oh, look at that beautiful couple. Man, nobody has it as good as them. I'm not going to pick on Drew and Holly, but they have a perfect relationship, right? I mean, yes. Come on, Drew. Right? Man, I wish I had. I mean, I, I wish you'd be like more like Drew. You know, he's so he's so dreamy, so beautiful. I love your glasses, by the way. Amen. 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 Right? I mean, you see these pictures on Instagram and these things on Facebook, and we see couples around. It's like, oh man, if that person treated me like that, or if he just loved me that way, there's that feeling of love, and it's like so perfect and so picturesque. It's just amazing. I got to have that in my life. We compare ourselves to all this. Stuff. Stuff, right, or compare ourselves to these relationships that just magically work out. It's it's it isn't real. It's a TV shows and marriage. It's fun, isn't it? Right? No emotional connections, whatever. Right? Uh, or we or we get comparison. We go into like nitpicky things, distracted by maybe the way the person chews. Come on, somebody. Right? Amen. Right? Uh, where the person drives. Uh, I mean, that never happened. Right? I mean, I was away at church this morning. I, we got here really fast. I don't know why. Diane drove slow. And then she drove like 55 down 103rd Street. I, I was like, by the police station. I even waved at it. I was like, hey, hey. I was like, we're going to get arrested, honey. This is good. We're going to spend Sunday morning in jail. This is going to be fun, right? Pray for an earthquake. What? Worked out for Paul. Pray for our marriage. That was good. <laughs> it's good. You don't want me to be in your car and you're driving. I'm just terrible. <laughs> but you pick on all sorts of stuff. It's all nitpicky, right? Uh, one time Diane said, I can't stand the way you're breathing. And I was like, I'll stop. <laughs> I don't remember how that went down, but it's fun. But you, you fight over everything. You fight over money. Who, who knows money is just a little fox? I mean, you know, the rat about money is it, it doesn't even go with you to heaven. Matter of fact, nothing you bought with that money goes either. And all that stuff you fight over and all the control you want to have, <laughs> you just lose it. Isn't that crazy? But we fight over money like it's the biggest deal in the world. I mean, it's just like a centerpiece of fights for so many people, but it's just a little fox in our marriage. I mean, it's so easy to get passive or defensive or to, to quit on our marriage and just be in separate rooms and kind of give up in the season. And the devil knows how to distract us. I mean, he can make you feel like you're not even compatible anymore. Like you shouldn't be married. Like, why did you get married in the first place? And that's what the devil does. He works all these little foxes into our relationship, looks for little cracks in the armor. The second thing he does, and I think this is so important for us to just dive into, something that's probably rarely talked about but forever known as true, is seductions. The Satan uses seductions all the time. Matter of fact, there's an article that cites that 60% of marriages cite pornography as a reason they got divorced. Isn't that crazy? And my reality is it's, it's probably even more than that. But there's all these seductions that just pull us away from the things of God. This is what it says in Ephesians 5.3. It says, but among you, this is Paul talking. It says, among you, there must not be even a hint. Somebody say, not a hint. Not a hint. He says, not even a hint, not a whisper, not the idea. Don't even crack the door. Don't let it in of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity. Don't crack the door to darkness. You know, the reality is, uh, I think that standard is long gone, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, not a hint. That is not the standard of the American culture. It's not the standard for most people. Matter of fact, you go on Netflix and it's like, man, this is highly violent, highly sexual content play, right? 
But uh, it's not that bad, you know. I mean, not even hit, just occasional look at pornography, not a big deal. They're just images on a screen. It's not hurting anybody. It, it, but it's so easy to get stuck in this trap. It's okay to lie to my spouse, and I'm kind of pursuing this other person. We're just flirting. It's not a big deal, you know. It's just a coworker. We're just hanging out at the gym. It's, it's all good, right? Uh, it's so easy to, this current generation, take a picture and post online. It's a little provocative or a lot of provocative, right, and send these pictures you shouldn't send. Amen, Pastor. <laughs> It's so easy, though. This is like the culture we live in every single day. Man, and the Bible says to, to slam the door shut, to be devil-kicking, to no impurity. Matter of fact, it goes on in Proverbs 4. It says this. This is Solomon saying this. says, do not set foot on the path of the wicked. He says, don't even set one foot on that path. Don't even go that direction. He says, or walk the way of evildoers. And he goes four ways. He says, avoid it. He says, do not travel on it. Turn from it. Go the other way. In other words, he says, keep your distance. It's so easy in this culture, like not a hint. We're like, oh, dang, <laughs> that pastor's so old school. Not a hint's over there. He's, <laughs> I mean, so, you know, it's like we want to be wrapped up line, don't we? Like, oh, there's the problem. There's the sin. Oh, that's an issue. We, we like Satan puts you right on the edge. You ever seen me fall off the stage before? You know, <laughs> somebody said yes, because I have, right? And he gets you right out there. Yeah, not a problem. Not, not a problem, pastor. I got this under control, right? I mean, just, I mean that's how it goes, right? I mean, just how close can you get without, when you have to ask the question, is this, is this bad? Is this wrong? Should I do this? <laughs> Who's answering that? There you go, I like that, <laughs> right? But if you, if you have to ask the question, I think you already know the answer. I mean, the Bible, the Bible says just, just draw a line farther back. Because here's the thing, if, you, if you're tempted, you fall in the sin. If you're tempted, the consequences get really, really, really bad. It gets harder and harder and harder. And so the reality is it says, hey, just don't go on that road. Turn the way. Go a different direction. And so if you're on your phone and it's taking your wrong direction, just draw the line back a little further. Put something on your phone to stop you from going the wrong direction. I'll just say X3 Watch. Okay, if you've never heard of it, hear of it. <laughs> X3Watch.com, check it out. If you put this filtering situation on your phone, it, text, it tells other people if you're looking at something inappropriate. <sighs> Pastor called me out today burned, right? I mean, if you have an ongoing conversation with the wrong people on social media or maybe gaming or at the gym, right? You, you, you go on the game thing and you're talking, you're hanging out and you spend more time with that person than you spend with your spouse. Come on, somebody. I mean, this is just reality. Or you go to the gym and, and that person's there. It's like, maybe pick a different time to work out, you know? I mean, that girl wants to work on you, not I work out with you, you know? Come on. She, I'm just telling you. And it's just go to different, work out at home, beach body. Come on, somebody. I'm just about there, Tony Horton, right? Just, just do something different. If you're at work and, and, she, and she's flirting with you, you're flirting with her, and it's all, it's like, hey, just, just transfer departments. Just quit your job. Come on, somebody. I mean, not a hint. Do we take that seriously, right? But we like to go right up to the line. And I can just tell you, just draw a line back farther. Come on, somebody. Back it up, back it up, back it up. My daddy taught me good. Come on, somebody. Rip. <laughs> I'm the only person that saw that video. All right, old school, right? But just back it up, right? Distance yourself. Here's the principle. Why fight temptation tomorrow if you can eliminate today? Why fight this temptation if you can just eliminate it? Like, nah, I'm good. No, thanks. I'm good. You can make rules for yourself that nobody even likes. You can make rules for yourself the world doesn't agree with. Amen? I mean, you can be like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not hanging with that person, dude. I'm, uh, I'm not going to go down that road. I'm not going to drink that thing because it ends up over here. No, I'm good. Thank you. That's good. That's good. I'm staying pure. Not a hint. Thank you. Thank you. What happened to you? You're not cool anymore. Yep, I'm not cool. You like taught me, you know. It's good. You can do that, right? Amen? You got to do that. 
Because Satan has a strategy, all this seduction. He's going to walk you right up to the door. And you're like, I don't know how I got there. You walked a thousand steps in the wrong direction, bro. That's how you got there. You were hanging out at the wrong place. It wasn't the wrong place, wrong time. It's where Satan had brought you. It's the exact place, the exact time. Now, some of you, there's two extremes on this. Some of you are like, right, like that pastor is so old school. <laughs> oh, he's so old school. Like, I'm good, pastor. Like, I don't need this. Like, I've got own control. Like, that's just so 1990, you know. Like, that's just different world. This is America, 2022. Like, this is not for me. And then some of you are, like, trapped. The other extreme. Some of you guys are, like, trapped in pornography. Some of you guys are trapped in a relationship. You want to be here, but it's stuck here. Some of you want your relationship to work out, and it's not working out. Some of you are on your second, third, or fourth marriage, and you're trying not to repeat the same thing again. And you're trapped in this cycle that Satan has put into your life. And Paul addresses both of these in 1 Corinthians 10. He says this. He says, so if you think you're standing firm, if you don't need this 1990 education, if you think you've got it all together, he says this, be careful that you what? You, yeah, be careful you don't fall. Who knows pride comes before the fall? Hey, be careful that you just ride on that edge and uh, you're going to get burned. Just be careful because you're going to fall into this temptation. And the Bible says this in verse 13. It says to the second people, it says, no temptation is overtaking you except which is common to mankind. What, what he's saying is there's a temptation that's on your life that's on everybody's life. There's a temptation in your life that Jesus was tempted with, and he overcame without sinning. And, th- and this is what it says. He says the good news. He says, and the God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted Beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, listen, church, he will always, every time, faithfully provide a way out so you can endure it. Amen? In every situation, it's like, oh, I'm tempted. Hey, dude, temptation is not a sin, all right? You can't control your eyes, saw this, but now you can make a choice that you can look at it or you can say, no, I'm going this direction. Amen? And it's so easy to be tempted and keep, oh, wow, I, do, I like it. And you entertain this idea and you go down the wrong road. And the Bible says there's always a way out. Our God is faithful. And for some of you today, you're just not here by accident. So some of you, you need the good word today that you are not stuck, that God can break through in your life, that he's going to make a way out for you today. There's this principle, and I think it's so powerful for you, and it's simply this, is that your purity is more about fighting for your tomorrows than fighting for your today. It's more about fighting your tomorrows than your today. You think about this. If, you're, if your motivation to stay pure is what you're thinking about in this moment, you're not going to make it very far. Matter of fact, the only temptation in the Bible you flee from is sexual purity, is sexual stuff. You flee sexual temptation, seduction. You flee it. You don't fight it. You, you fight all these other things. You, you, you fight for forgiveness. and you, you fight for hope. and you, you fight for all this. But your purity, you flee for your purity. Amen? you got to be like Joseph in the Old Testament when Potiphar's wife is coming on to him, and he runs out of the house, she grabs his cloak, and he runs out butt naked, come on somebody, right? I mean, he's fighting for his purity. He wasn't even flirting with her, and he got accused of doing stuff with her, went to prison, and God put it all together, and he ended up all these things, right? And, and he, so the, the reality is you flee for the sexual temptation, but we, we, don't, we like to be around the line. And so for us today, you got to fight for your tomorrow is not your today, because today if you look at it, it's like, that's fun. Who knows sin is fun? Come on somebody. If you don't believe sin is fun, you're not doing it right. Come on, right? I'm just telling you, it's fun, but it, it always leads to destruction, and it doesn't honor God. And so, so if you just think about the moment, you're like, hey, I, well, I can watch this image. It's not going to affect anybody. I, I, I can look at this video. It's not a big deal. Or, ah, hang out there. It's not, a big, it's not going anywhere. We're just friends. We, we just hang out a lot. We know each other. We're connected, but it's not going anywhere. You don't understand. Like, I, I can hang out with all these other things. Like, I, I can complain about my spouse. It's not a big deal. Like, I just complain all the time. You know, that's how you know your relationships get in trouble when, when people are complaining about their spouse to somebody of the opposite sex. It's like, this is all the seeds. 
zone for a major problem and catastrophe. Man, spend time alone with somebody else. and man, no, no one else can know about this. We can, we can rationalize this for today. But the reason you fight for purity is for your tomorrows, amen? Because here's what happens all those seeds get sown. you got to play out the devastation. you got to play out the destruction of seduction. you just got to play it out in your mind. Like, what would happen if? Or what's the results of when? Everything that has happened comes to light. What, what, what's going to happen when you no longer can hide? What, what's going to happen when the truth comes out? What's going to happen when that news hits your kids? What's going to happen when, when, your, when your spouse finds out? Who wants to be in those conversations? And one of the hardest things in ministry, the maybe most freeing things in ministry, is you get to see that backside for so many people. For some of you guys, I wish you just hang out with somebody that's in a relationship that's really hurting and broken for two reasons. One, you can help them. And two, you can help yourself. Because you look at that and say, man, I, I'm praying that God changes your life. I'm here to help you. And you can look at yourself and say, God, help me never to be there. I'm just going to start drawing some lines. Because I've seen the destruction. And I've seen the pain. And I've lived through it. I've been through it. And you can see it. And it's so painful. It's so hurtful. And you see the, 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 the depression and, and, and the, the loss of passion and, and, and the guilt and the shame and all these things. You guys see this all the time. But somehow, some way, Satan has thinking, we got all together. We got the strategy figured out. Instead of putting God at the center of our marriage, Christ centered, we're, we're just playing the same games. You know, I think about it for me, it's, it's hard because if I fall into something, just gets put in a situation where people say, well, you know, God, that's why I don't follow you. And that's why I don't go to church. And that's why I don't like Christians. And I'm not saying that's the, mo- the biggest motivation to stay pure, but I'm just so sick and tired of watching Christians fall apart. This, the stat for marriage and divorce for Christians and non-Christians is no different. Isn't that crazy? To think that 50% of people, regardless of whether they've got or not, are gonna get divorced. Why is that? It's because so many people are just showing up to church and not following God. They're just showing up. They're not listening to God and fighting for God in the marriage. It's not a game. There's a real spiritual enemy who has all the strategies in the world to take you out of the fight. A thief at the door, ready to kill, steal, and destroy everything you love and everything of God. And it's working. And his strategy is very successful, especially in our culture, with distractions and seductions. So the question today is simple. If you're married, where are you currently most vulnerable to spiritual attacks? Where in your marriage is Satan just got a crack in the armor and he's, he can exploit? Like maybe just sit down as a couple and say, dude, where, where do we need to shore this thing up? Like where is Satan distracting us? Maybe we're spending too much time apart. Maybe there's relationship over here and maybe there's nothing there, but you know what? We got to shore it up tight. Or if you're single, I mean, where, where's Satan getting you? We're Satan holding you back. What are those things you're going to carry into your marriage that are, are, are just breaks in the armor? You didn't put that thing on, and now you're carrying some baggage and skeletons you're making. you got to get rid of that, you know, that Satan has a place in your life on. You know, this, this whole series is really about not easily broken. It's about being your life on Jesus. And the first week taught being Christ-centered. We, told, we encourage you guys to take 30 seconds to pray together with your spouse. <laughs> and some of you are like, whoa, I did it. Like for the first time in a long time, and God's been working, right? But to put Christ at the center. And that's the thing that's going to make your marriage last. Amen? This is not sand. This is stone, the cornerstone, the foundation. You talk about the words of forgiveness and hope and healing and restoration, all the things that your family is going to be the same battles everybody else is, but you have Jesus. Amen? And he's in this, and he'll help conquer things, and you can be more than conquerors in Jesus' name. And the last week's probably mission-driven. Man, so many people reached out, and it's so cool. 
Because the first time in a long time, these people sat down together, eye to eye and toe to toe with their spouse and said, man, what are we gonna do for God together? But we maybe missed a little bit. Maybe we didn't redirect our, our finances or our time or our family time or our conversation or our dreams or our direction because God put us here together on purpose, amen? I mean, you're not just talking to Diane, you're talking to Diane and Sean. We, we are one flesh, amen? If it's on her heart, it's on my heart and vice versa. We're fighting together and pushing together for the things of God to take some territory together. And so we treat our marriage as a unit. We're not fighting each other. We're fighting for the things of God with each other, amen? But Satan knows he wants to exploit that. We're gonna fight together. And today I encourage you to fight for your marriage. But can I just tell you it's worth it? Just worth it? Here's the reality. The longer you're in the vineyard, the sweeter the fruit, amen? The longer you wait in that season. There's things that can only happen through time. The, the, when your marriage is being stretched and, and shaped and hard things come in, just say, thank God, because God's about to do something big. Because God put you together for that thing. And I've walked through so many hard seasons and God had used it to tighten our relationship. God used it to use us. We never made it through ourselves with foster kids. Now, I couldn't have done it, but me and my wife could do it together, amen? God's gonna give you things called children. You gotta be together. They know how to take you apart, okay? They say it takes seven times somebody asks for you to say yes, and they do. They do. They exploit you. They're the greatest salespeople in the world. Take some lessons from your children, right? But God has put you together on purpose. Don't let anything get between that. But it's so easy for us to be distracted. So I encourage you to fight for it. There's things that only happen with time. Grandkids with married grandparents. Where is that? You know, the model, you get to model that. You get to show that off. There's things that happen. You get to, to, to show people what it's like for forgiveness. It's so easy to do your own thing, but so much harder to do the right thing, the thing that God has called you, but God is in it, amen? Because he's in the middle of this. He's not giving you a temptation that you can't overcome. He wants to shape you through your marriage. That's why it's a picture of Christ in the church. So I kind of encourage you to fight for it. So I'm gonna talk about two different groups today and I'm gonna talk to the ladies first. And I, I wanna say this as gently as possible, but as seriously as possible because you see it so much. But can I encourage you to turn from criticism or, or complaining? I'm not saying guys don't do this, okay? Guys, you're coming. <laughs> but turn from criticism and complaining, gossip about your spouse and turn it into prayer and turn it into encouragement for him, amen? And not be the person that's ever caught saying a word negative to anybody about your spouse. And it just sounds like so small. I see it all the time. And it's like, it's so destructive. Because here's the thing. You married that dude. You, you saw something in that man at some point, didn't you? Come on, somebody. Right? You're like, dude, there's something I love about that guy. I can't wait to get married. There's something that you wanted that you wanted that you wanted that for your kids. You want something in him for your kids. And when you start talking negative and all this stuff, dude, it hurts that guy. I know you don't have any feelings. You guys don't have feelings, right? We got one feeling, right? But you guys don't have feelings. You don't, you get it later and you're watching it. All right, it'll come to you. But the reality is you're tearing apart instead of building them up. There's things you can only say to your man that you can only say, amen? You're the only person who can say it. There's not a single woman in the world that can say it, but they will. They'll say things to your man they shouldn't say if you're not saying it. And they're gonna say it if you are saying it. And you want your man to go, what? No, that's not me. I don't need that in my life. I'm not putting myself out there. And the reality is you can build this guy up. You can look at your husband and say, you know what? I love I married you. I'm so glad to have you in my life. 
I know it's been rough. I know it's been a tough season. I wish you were home more. You work a lot, but man, I'm so glad you work hard for our family. Because I believe God's in the middle of this. As much as we're off base, as much as we haven't been everything we should be, I believe God's supposed to go on purpose. Amen. And just watch your man come alive. Come on, somebody. I mean, he start mowing the grass. He's doing dishes. I mean, he's doing everything. I'm telling you, boom, you know. I'm, I mean, you say this, to, I'm just telling you, nine months from now, the church nursery. Whew. I'll stop. All right, guys. Now, now, I'm just not going to be nice to you guys. I, I just, I'll try to be, I'm not going to be gentle. Dude, we got to start fighting, amen? Amen? We got, just got to get up and start going. I mean, so many guys that go, on t- go home and watch TV, click, 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 and they're not fighting for their marriage. When, when I say fight for your marriage, I'm not saying fight like a man. I'm saying fight like a man of God. Like fight with some prayer, amen? Like me, you should men caught praying. Your kids should catch you reading the Bible. Daddy, what are you doing? Oh, man, I'm reading about Jesus. Man, uh, what, what are you, Dad, I interrupt your prayer. No, no, you didn't interrupt me. No, no, we're talking. They should be a spiritual leader to the home. You, you should fight like that. You should be the kind of person that just offers forgiveness. You should fight to hold your tongue, amen? <laughs> Come on. You gotta fight to hold back some, some feelings. You, you, you gotta fight for forgiveness. You gotta fight for communication. Don't let things just walk away forever undone. Fight for restoration. Fight to bring your family together. So many people, men, are pacifists. Instead of saying, no, no, this isn't right, guys. Don't, don't treat your mom like that. Hey, we shouldn't be fine about this. Come on, let's get together. Let's talk. And then, then this, come on. But it's so easy to take a back seat spiritually, isn't it? Because Satan is just calling us, you're not enough. You can't do it. You can't do it. You know, you think about this. If somebody's breaking into your home later tonight, I sure hope you don't look at your spouse as a man and say, honey, can you protect the home tonight? <laughs> honey, there's somebody breaking in. Can you protect the kids? Dude, I sure hope you get up, you take your lamp, you snap in half and turn them nunchucks, amen? I hope you and your white ties. Man, I hope you beat them to death, you know what I'm saying? Man, I hope you stand your ground. And if you die and, and it doesn't work out, I hope someone moves your body and makes up a better story. Come on, right? Like it is hope this is what happens. Like I hope you stand your ground. And here's the reality. Men will die for people that I love all the time. It happens all the time. People die because they're like, man, I'm fighting for this. But I'm just asking you to live for those you love today, amen? Just stand up, be like, dude, I love my wife. And whether God's have been through whatever, man, I'm standing up as the man God's called me to be. And that's the most important relationship. When you stand at the edge of heaven, the gates of heaven, and, and, and you're talking to Jesus and said, hey, were you faithful? He's not gonna talk about like all the money you saved and all the cool stuff you did and all your vacation pics and all your gaming trophies. Or I don't know what they even call them anymore because I'm not cool like that, all right? But all those things, you're not, it's not gonna matter. But what is gonna matter is to say, did, did you stay connected? Do you stay faithful in your marriage? You know what success looks like in ministry? Success for me is not how many people sit in these chairs. Success for me is that 50 years from now, we have some amazing anniversary together because we're in the long haul. That's success. And anybody wants to get in the way of that, you come on, meet me in the parking lot. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, I'm not. Some of you guys, seriously, you got to fight for your marriage and maybe in a physical way, but you should. Some of you guys got to fight by, by calling a counselor. Some, some of you guys get out there and just go do that, you know? I mean, we do crazy stuff as men. There's a guy that just started coming to church a few months ago, right? And he literally made his own bow and arrow, like not a compound bow, just a regular bow, old school, right? He got up in the morning, it's like seven o'clock, he's shooting squirrels off his deck, okay? But he's in his whitey tidies in the middle of a subdivision in Raymore as a man, come on. And the craziest part about it is his wife videoed it. Come on, somebody, right? I was like, dude, you married, you got a good wife, you know what I'm saying? I mean, this is crazy. But we'll do all this kind of stuff 
as men. Just the weirdest stuff. But we're called to fight for our marriage. And by the way, that wasn't my story. I'm not making it up because some of you look at me right now in my white tidies, and that ain't happening, all right? I'm just saying. But here's the reality. We're called to fight for our marriage, amen? Fight for your marriage. In that season where you feel like giving up and you feel, you feel like you're fighting each other, you're not fighting each other. You're fighting Satan. Satan just got you fighting each other on, on purpose. It's a strategy. You just say, not today, Satan, amen? You just uh, Look, we're ready to quit. We're sleeping in different rooms. We're upset. Don't go to bed angry. Come on. Talk it out. Figure it out. Change. Change. Dude, that woman, she's probably, she's probably right. She's probably got to nail down. You're probably like, oh, okay, yeah, I don't like that, but, you know. But God's going to speak to you. I'm going to tell you, God is in the middle of this. See, greater is he that's in you than he's in the world, amen? And as much as Satan has control of this space, Jesus had control of every space. He has control of this space, amen? He's going to change you. And so let your marriage be a reflection of Christ. I love it at church. I get to see the cool stuff. I get to see the couple snuggling up over here and snuggling up over here. Everybody's snuggling up today. Look at this. <laughs> I don't know. But you see everything. And I get to see the stories. Like, I know so many stories behind the scenes. God trusts you with that. But what's so cool is watching somebody come in that, that, that's on the rocks, that's been fighting, that, that a son or daughter left home in a bad way. And they come to church, and maybe the only time all week, they get some encouragement for themselves. But the whole time they sit together quietly without kids screaming. And they sit next to each other and she grabs his arm and snuggles in. Only time all week. Or maybe they were not gonna be together and they come after going to counseling and they start working it out. Or they're in that long season of like, I don't know if it's gonna make it and they don't sit, come together, and then they start coming together, and then one spouse isn't even a Christian, and then she becomes a Christian, this happens. And then, she, then they start growing, they're not even equally yoked, but they start growing together, and all of a sudden they start living on mission together and serving together. Just, it's amazing. It all just comes down to being willing to change, willing to listen to God, to say, dude, I'm drawing some lines. I'm fighting to fight. Ain't nobody gonna fight for my marriage like my marriage, amen? And I'm not gonna let anybody else do that. Don't let anybody fight for your spouse more than you. Better let you better let her know you love her, amen. And so today, I just tell you, just go look each other in the eyes at some point and say, you know what? I'm fighting for you, babe. I'm fighting for you. I never give up on you. I'm fighting for you. And I promise you, in nine months, this church nursery is gonna grow. That's all I got to say. Bond about you. Who's gonna fight for their marriage today? Come on, put your hand up. Come on, let's say it. Let's cheer it out. Come on, fight for your marriage. I love it. Father, we come before you. God, pray we'd fight for our marriages, God. It's so easy to get distracted and so easy to get sucked into things of the world. But today, God, we're standing our ground. Today, we're, we're just coming with pure heart to you, God. We don't have it all together. God, we made mistakes, but God cleans us, God. Make us pure and help us to draw lines and step back, God, that we wouldn't fall into the sins of seduction, distractions, God. We would fall in love with you and fall in love with our spouse. God, help us to be the men and the women and the husbands and wives and single ladies and men you called us to be in this season. God, help us to fall in love with you in so many ways. And just carry that into our marriages. God, help us to be the kind of men and women that last a lifetime, God, that we'd be not easily broken. God, help our marriage be a picture of what it is for you and the church. God, help us to, to be changed, God, to be transformed. God, break some habits in our life. God, we leave different today. God, we wouldn't be full of ourselves. God, be full of you. And God, when we're wrong, we admit it. We need help. We call a counselor. God, we don't have all the answers. We don't have all right, but we have you. And so we're just broken people following you. God, I pray our marriages would be a reflection of that. God, help us to model marriage for a world that's desperate for a model. God, help our kids to be different because they see us love each other. God, I pray for somebody who's on their second, third, or fourth marriage or giving up on it. 
I pray you restore them. God, remind them that you love them, and that, that you're, you have a new beginning for them, and you have hope for them, and you change them. God, that you'd be the season of restoration, God, and the things that they wanted in their first marriage, maybe they can have them in their second or their third, because it's built on you, Christ-centered, mission-driven, devil-kicking marriage. I pray for one more group of people today, and that's those of you who say, you know what? I recognize the day my marriage is where it should be, but I don't know if I know Jesus. And I can encourage you today that Jesus fought for you 2,000 years ago, that Jesus fought for you so you can have the kind of picture of the marriage he wants. That Jesus went to the cross 2,000 years ago and spilled every ounce of his blood on the cross for you today so you can know him. The Bible says anybody confesses that they're a sinner, that Jesus died on the cross for them, that they'll be saved, forgiven, and made new. And today, if you need that in your life, you need Jesus. You need forgiveness. Without anybody looking around, would you just let me know? Just raise your hand and say, you know what? I need forgiveness. I need life. I need hope. Would you put your hand up high if that's you? Say, I need Jesus. I'm all across this place. I see your hand. Maybe else, I need Jesus. Maybe you're online. If that's you, we just pray this prayer. It's not the prayer that saves you, but your heart towards him. Just say, God, I've made my mistakes, but I recognize today that you love me even though I was a sinner of a need of a Savior, God. And you've reached out to me and your spirit's drawing me in. God, I need you. God, you can have my tomorrows. I give my life to you today. God, I want to serve you. Thank you for dying for me. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give it up for those who came to Christ. Come on, let them know you love them. Come on. Nope, I'm just bad handoff, bad delivery. Um, hey, if that's you guys, or if that's you, and you made a decision today to follow Jesus, can I just tell you that we are so excited about what God is doing inside of you. I love in the Bible, it says that if one person comes to know Jesus, that all of heaven rejoices, like every angel in the sky, everything, you know, the night Jesus was born, all this, that's happening right now because God is doing something inside of you. And that is why we do what we do. And so we would love to connect you with some resources to help you on your journey. And one way that you can do that is you can text RLNEXT to 97000. It's going to take you to our website, a place where you can get some resources, the Bible app to get started to know God better. It gives you a place where you can share your story with us. Our team would love nothing more than to be able to encourage you on this journey that you're taking with Jesus and to help you continue to take those steps growing towards Him. And if you're here with us in person, we actually have a Bible for you. We have it in, on the back. There's a table with red bags, and you can grab one on your way out. It's got a Bible. It's got some connection to those resources. And we would love to just show you, like, hey, here's how you start following Jesus and to encourage you in that. And so I hope you were inspired today to do some devil butt kicking in your life and in your marriage this week. And we have a couple of next steps for all. It feels weird to say butt kicking. I don't think that's a word I've set up here very much. Um, sounds like something Sean would say. That's probably why. Uh, he's excited about it. Um, but no, I have a couple of next steps that maybe you could consider today as a next step for you in your marriage. And the first one is this. We have our crash course today from 2 to 4.30. There is a lot of couples and people already signed up to come out to it. So it won't be weird. Um, it'll actually be really cool, but one of the most powerful things in, you know, that Sean had shared about our marriage is that we get to be on mission together for God. It's not his dream to start a church and my dream to do this, and we're kind of just doing our own thing. Like God pulled us together so that we could do this together. We can complement each other. We can serve together. And so Crash Course is a great place to stop, just to, you know, 
get, go through our process of understanding yourself, your giftings, your passions, that kind of stuff, maybe what God's calling you to do, but to sit down together and say, maybe we need to work together for the kingdom. We need to unite against this enemy that we have, and we need to do that together to make a difference. And maybe it's here at Real Life. Maybe it's out in the community. There's a ton of ways that you could get connected, but we would love to be a part of helping you discover that in your relationship, in your story, and how we can help inspire you to be on mission together. So again, it's today from 2 to 4.30. Sean and I, it's at our house. We'll be there. We'd love to connect with you and to connect you to how God maybe is sparking you to make your marriage, your relationship mission focused. Um, and the second step I have for you is this. Sean mentioned that we do offer four free counseling sessions for anybody who needs it um, as part of real life. It's something that we do with the money that you all give, and we give that back to make a difference in people's lives. So maybe today you're saying, you know what? Our relationship does need some work, and it needs some help from an outside perspective or somebody who is a godly person who can help us make a difference. And so let me encourage you, if you need that today, please come find us. Please come find somebody right up here after the gathering. Find Sean or I, somebody on our staff, anybody with a sticker can connect you with us. Um, we want to make that happen for you. It's totally confidential. We have no idea who goes, who doesn't. We just get a bill in the mail. Um, but we have that available because we know that God can work through you and he can work through our counselor who's a great guy, a good friend of ours, or he will know a resource if he's not a good fit for you. Um, but really, truly to be able to make a difference in your life. And I, it's like Sean said, fun to be on the other side of it where we see people come through the backside to say, you know what, I did meet with the counselor and it's changing our life, it's changing our family, it's changing our marriage. It's really cool to get to see that side of it as well. And so let me encourage you, if you're like on the edge thinking about it, just try it. You've got nothing to lose, it's free, it's on us. And we would love to do that to help make your marriage all that God wants it to be. Um, if you're new with us today, thank you so much for coming out. We have just so enjoyed being able to worship with you and um, hopefully connect with you. Check out our new here booth. But this gathering, this whole experience is our gift for you. We don't want anything from you. We want something for you, for you to experience Jesus in this place. And I hope that you did that today. But if you call real life home and you're like, you know what? I want to be able to make a difference. I want to be at the table of heaven when they're sitting around with the counselor making people's marriages all fixed up. Um, you can be a part of that by your generosity because it really does make a difference in people's lives. And there's three ways you can do that today, right now. You can go to reallifechurchkc.com, click give. You can text any amount to 84321, or um, we actually have a box in the back that you can drop cash or check in if that's more convenient for you. So I want you to check out this story to see how your generosity, your faithfulness is making a huge difference. I want to share a story with you today. This is a story of hope, of life change, and how God can turn things around. This is Bree. Hi, I'm Bree. I'm new to real life. Um, the reason I came here was I actually was invited by Rochelle. Um, I've been meaning to come, but I put it off a couple times. But as things kept getting more and more difficult in my life, I just feel, felt like it was time for me and my kids to get a little peace, a little relief. And as a kid, I grew up in church and I know that the only way that you can get real, real life peace and joy is by going to God. So I decided to come to God and I was hesitant at first because I've been to a couple other churches and tried them out and they seemed like they were it, but this one is a little bit more different. It's more welcoming, it's more open, it's more real. It's not some storybook, it's real life. And 
the name fits it perfectly. So this this is just a change for not only me, but my children. We've been through a lot of difficult things in our lives, and I just wanna start it off with getting my life together for my children and just making it better for us. So here I am, and thank you guys. Thank you so much for sharing your story and just your heart about feeling that like pull to come back to God. And um, she didn't share this yet, but she's plugged into a life group, like third week coming, and she's already diving in. So why don't you share what life groups has meant to you, to you and your kids, just to your relationship? Life group has really changed our lives. It gives us something to look forward to every week, especially the kiddos. They look forward to going and interacting with other kids. I look forward to um, interacting with positive people, um, just something to start my week off, well, the middle of my week, get it going, and just keep me grounded. Because a lot of times I've been here before where I start and I fall off, but with Life Group, I feel like with this being a part of my life, it's gonna keep me going. It's gonna keep me from falling off. And then just having the people in the Life Group just encouraging me, checking on me, just everything that we do in Life Group, it just kind of sums up what I need. I need people in my life that are gonna not only pray for me, but also keep me going. Like I've had people pray for me, I had people say they're gonna pray for me, but there's a difference of praying for someone and actually just being there. I feel like Life Group also keeps me accountable. It makes me um, keep, you know, keep something going because a lot of times when I want to get to God, I'm like, well, I don't have anybody doing it. It's just me and God. But now it's me and God in life group or me and God and Holly and Drew and all the other wonderful people that I've met so far. And I can't wait to continue life group and hopefully try out another one. Wow. What an incredible story. Bree. Well, we are here for you. We love you. And I cannot wait to watch what God is going to do in you and through you through the season of Life Group. So let's give it up for Brie. If your story sounds like Brie's story, God is not done with you yet. Surround yourself with the people of God. Get around people who are uplifting and encouraging you and want the best for you and watch what God can do. Maybe you know a Brie. Maybe someone's name came to mind as she was sharing her story. Be bold and brave and give them a call. Invite them to church with you next week. Have them come over and do life with you through a life group. What's the best that can happen when you lean in to what God is stirring in your heart? Maybe you'll be here sitting and sharing and telling your story of how God is changing you and growing you. Or maybe it'll be the friend that you called and invited sharing their story of how God has taken something broken and turned it into something beautiful. And you get to play a part in that. I love you guys. I can't wait to see you in a life group this week. Yeah, for Bree, one more time. Man, I love Bree's story because it's a story that I've heard time and time again here at Real Life. And I love what she said. This is real life. You know what real life is? It's a little rough around the edges. I'm a little rough around the edges. A lot of you guys are rough around the edges, and that's okay, because that's what life's about. You get to come hang out with other people who are a lot like you at, at, at a life group. So we just finished our second week. It is not too late. You can sign up online today, or if you want, come hang out with us at the life group table. You can check out the cards. You can see a group that might fit your time and interest, and you'll find people that will pour into you, and you'll have an opportunity to pour into them. You are missing out if you haven't taken the opportunity to be part of a life group.
group. We would love to see you there. Hey, if you guys need prayer for any reason, we'll have a team member up here. We would love to pray with you. Can't wait to hang out with you guys at Life Group this week. And we can't wait to hang out with you guys next week, either at 930 and 11. Or, and, uh, and as always, here we go. As always, remember, whoever finds Jesus discovers real life and purpose. See you next week.